Hey there, it's your girl Andrea Griffin Rogers. Don't you think it's high time to wake up to some healing? To be revived from brokenness to wholeness and from pieces to peace? Well, I do. So come and join me at the Can I Get a Favorite Podcast. Enjoy it. Hey guys, how are you today? I pray that all is well and that this message reaches you in the best of spirit and health. Remember, the time that we get to spend together is for you. It is for your good. It is for you to just take a moment to just stop and rest and be still in the presence of the Lord to see what the Spirit of the Lord has to say on today to you. It's your time to just be present with yourself, not focusing on what you have to do or anybody else, but just being present in the moment with you. And so today's Can I Get a Favor is can you not panic in the storm? Don't panic in the storm. I know that life is challenging for you right now, that things are a bit shaky, that you just don't know if you're coming or going. It's like, ugh. Lord, not another day. It just feels like rain, baby, in your life. And you are just waiting for the storm to pass. And yet each day is more winds, more thunder, more hurricane, more raindrops falling down in your life. Baby, I get it. I was there once. And I thank God that I got through the storm. It's why I am here today to tell you that you can get through the storm. Let us pray. Spirit of living God, we come to right now. I just want to say thank you for allowing us this opportunity to just be still in your presence, to meet with your Holy Spirit, to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to us, Heavenly Father. Grow your church, Lord. Build your church, Lord. The global body of believers in Yeshua. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you have done for us, for your sacrifice, for your spirit that continues to advocate for us, that continues to help us and guide us along the way. Speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. Grow us up, Lord, so that we may know how we must serve you, so that we may be protected by the enemy's schemes. Help us to grow stronger in our faith. And for those that have not started studying your word yet, God, help them to learn how to read your word, your Bible for themselves. Speak in only the way that you can move, Holy Spirit, in only the way that you can move so that you can get the glory, honor, and praise from our lives. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys. So I wanted to touch base on this today because. I was um, actually talking to God about this yesterday, and what I've noticed in my life is, in my 35 years of experience, and I know for some that may be like, girl, bye, that ain't a lot. Okay, well, for me, it is, because this is the life that I've lived, and in my years of experience, I've learned that everything I've walked through has a purpose and a plan for somebody else. It ain't got nothing to do with me. 
things that I've learned, I've noticed that as soon as I finish learning it, here comes somebody, some stranger or some person that I know going through the same thing. And it feels like deja vu or something like, oh, my gosh, I was just going through that. And now you tell me that you're going through it, too. But it's before purpose because they need to hear my testimony. They need to hear how I got through it. What steps did I take? What tools or resources did I use to help overcome or to achieve that goal? The same goes for your life. You're going through a current season, a storm, a testing in your life, a process, a shifting and changing and rearranging in your life because God wants to not only build something in you, but get something through you. It's not about you, baby. Sweetie, I promise you. It is for somebody else. And so you may be saying, well, come on, Jesus. Well, I got to go through it for somebody else. Because that's how God gets his glory. It's for you, for your glory as well. Because you'll have that aroma, that fragrance of freedom that somebody else needs, but also that you need it to have. There's going to come a time where you're going to pray to be where you are. You're going to pray for there. You may be praying for there now, but when you get there, you'll look back and say, dang, I remember when I prayed to be here, when I prayed to get this far, when I prayed for the storm to pass, and would you look at it, doggone it, the storm, the storm done passed. The storm has passed in your life because you had overcame that season that you were in, but in the midst of the storm that you are in today, Learn what you need to learn right here on this level because they are preparing you for what's up ahead. And the outpouring or overpouring of blessing is going to be what you'll have for somebody else's life. You'll be the aroma that they will be drawn to that will say, oh, wow, look at you. Look at what God has done in your life. How did it happen? What did you do? How did you get that far? You're somebody else's breakthrough, but you are also your own breakout. And in order to break free from what you're going through, you have to get through the storm first. I want to talk about don't panic in the storm today, because as I was also speaking with the Lord about this topic, uh, and, and strangely enough, as you'll see, in, if you go back to the other podcast episodes, it's like God has been stirring this up a lot because it's a place that a lot of people find themselves in right now. And see, I thought that because my season was up from that, that I wouldn't have to talk about the storms anymore. But God said, no, I had you go through it in order to get a message through you to other people. So that since you are now in a better place, a healed whole place, you can then reach back and help others who are going through the storms, predicaments, and difficulties that you went through yourself. And so let me read you this little scenario just to kind of give you a, an, an outer body experience, if you will, and another idea or concept of what I'm talking about and don't panic in the storm because you may be saying well Andrea I don't think I'm panicking in the storm 
or how can you not panic in the storm? Well, let me explain to you what panicking does. Actually, before I get into the story, when you panic in the storms of life, you're not thinking clearly. And I know, I know you may be saying, well, in the storm, how are you thinking clearly anyway? If you focus on what the storm is trying to teach you and stop trying to fight or complain against the storms in your life, then you will see or receive strategies on how to get through the storm. But you can't get through it if you're not thinking clearly. And then if you start with the what ifs and the how comes and the shoulda, coulda, wouldas and and all these other things that are not serving your purpose right now and the lifeboat of your life that you're in trying to navigate and steer through the storm, you'll sink, you'll drown, you'll cause other complications that will come your way that didn't need to arise had you kept your mind focused on just getting through the storm. How do I navigate through this storm and what do I need to learn in order to do my best to row my boat, my lifeboat through this storm? And so here's the example. A woman was sitting in her den one day when a small black snake suddenly appeared, slithered across the floor and made its way under her couch. Being deathly afraid of snakes, this woman promptly ran to the bathroom to get her husband who was taking a shower. So here come her husband coming from the shower, wearing only a towel. He grabbed an old broom handle from the closet and began poking under the couch just blindly, basically. At this point, the sleeping family dog woke up. Curious to see what's happening, he came up behind the husband and touched his cold little nose to the back of the man's heel. The man, surmising or thinking that the snake had outmaneuvered him and had slithered behind him and had bitten him on the heel, fainted dead away. The wife concluded that her husband had overexerted and collapsed with a heart attack. So she called the hospital. Hey, 911, come, come quick. My husband done fainted. Just one block away, the ambulance comes, and they promptly arrive to place the man on a stretcher. So you think, okay, well, this is good. You know, the story's going great. Uh, nope, baby, it ain't over. Because as the ambulance men are carrying the husband out the house, the snake reappears from beneath the couch. So one of the drivers sees it, gets excited and scared himself and drops the door husband on the floor, thereby breaking the husband's leg. Seeing her husband's twisted, mangled leg on the floor, the wife now passes out. Child, meanwhile, the snake slithers away quietly. Long story short, or the moral to this point, is when you face a frightening situation or a storm, don't lose your cool. Keep your wits about you. God is there with you in the midst of it, and he will deliver you. I'll give you another tidbit. Even a woodpecker owes his success to the fact that he uses his head. So... I wanted to share that little story with you that uh, I heard and read because I just found it so hilarious. And this is how we are. When problems come our way, when a storm happens, we immediately get so caught up in how big the waves are, how heavy the storm is, how loud the thunder and the lightning struck and how bright the lightning was. And you get panicked. 
and you start thinking about all these other things that have nothing to do with how to row your boat through the storm. You start thinking about, did I leave the refrigerator light on? And, ooh, where, where my car keys? And, oh, man, um, did I did I do this with this person? And did I tell that person I was going to get back to them when I got off vacation? And, then, and you just going on and on and on and on and on about all these things that don't matter except for navigating through the storm you're facing that day. So many people get so caught up in tomorrow, get so caught up in their agenda even later on that day that they don't even focus on the problem they're facing right now. Right now, you may be sitting at work and you just got hit with a problem, but your mind is so clouded on this weekend. Child, we didn't get to this weekend. We're only in midweek, baby. This is your midweek service reminder to focus on right now in this moment today okay don't worry about this weekend let this weekend take care of itself jesus says it in matthew 6 your problems are enough for today so focus on today and don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will bring its own troubles we have to not panic and not get so caught up in focusing on later that we forget the now when we use our head like the woodpecker, we're able to focus and, and build up strategy on how to navigate the storm we're facing today. Think about it like this. If you're in a store, let's say you're in a store, a cafe, and it starts pouring down raining. And you know your car is parked on the other side of the street or a few blocks away. Or maybe you didn't drive that day and you had to take the train. So you know the train station is a few blocks away. You don't just run out into the storm. You stop and think for a minute and strategize. Okay, what's the best way that I can get to my vehicle my uh, of choice to get to my destination? It's raining. It's pouring. I don't have an umbrella. What can I use to keep me as dry as possible? Is there a newspaper around? Is there a, an umbrella I can borrow from somebody? Uh, do I have a hood on my coat? Uh, do, can I put my hair in a ponytail? I mean, or is there a way that I can walk where I can be covered under a bunch of awnings and buildings so that I'm not getting that wet? Either way, you put together a strategy. Or it could be you just decide to wait out the storm. Now, I'm going to get to that point in a minute about waiting out the storm. But for those who strategize and decide to go face the storm, you put together, when you think in your mind, you're putting together a plan on how to get to your destination while navigating through the storm. You're not focusing on what's going on all around you. Because once you open those doors from in that dry place of that cafe to brave that storm, you're not turning your head right and left and looking back and this, that, and other. You're not focusing on that. Heck, some people, if, if you have sense with you, you're not even focusing on answering your phone right now because you don't want your phone to get wet. <laughs> okay? Many of us have had many days with a bag of rice trying to dry out our phones. So you're not even trying to get your phone wet. You are just focused on how do I hurry up and get from where I'm at to where I need to get to and trying my best not to get too wet and too badly damaged as possible. 
and the chaos of everybody else trying to get through the storm as well. That's how you need to be with your life. When life storms come your way, don't panic. Strategize. Figure out what you need to learn in this moment, what methods and resources you have around you, and what you can take to help you get through the storm. And then focus on getting through the storm to your destination. Don't stop to do anything else. Don't worry about other things. People call you on the phone that's not even in the storm. They at home and they be asleep, but decide to call you. They drive right now. You wet. So focus on trying to get through your storm instead of worrying about everybody else and what they got going on. And then for those of you that's like, well, I'll just wait it out. Okay, here's the problem with waiting out the storm. You never get to where you're going. You stay stuck. You don't know how long that storm is going to be. And so you may think, well, the weather report said that the storm is going to be um, about for another hour. So I'll just wait for another hour. And then that hour passes. And you're like, oh, well, it's still raining. You want to know why? Because the weather person does not control the storm. God does. God decides when he wants to stop watering the earth. God decides when he wants to stop causing problems to come your way because I'm I'm giving you practical ways to look at it in real life scenarios, but it's a metaphoric point of view. It's understanding your life. So you may think, oh, well, I'll just wait this problem out. I'll just ignore this conflict and it'll go away. It's not going away. The problem is not going to go away. You cannot just bury your head in the sand like an ostrich and think, that it's going to go away with time. It's still going to be there when you decide to pull your head up out the dirt and deal with the problem. The best strategy is, like I said, looking at what is around you, your resources, figuring out what's left, and then putting together in your mind a plan. Pray about it. Make sure that you have the right wisdom needed to go the direction that you need to go. You don't go down an alleyway if the shortest way is to the corner. The shortest distance between two points is a straight line. You don't go zigzag in a storm if you know that the direct path is the clear way to go. Now, yes, there are some times in life where God may take you on a zigzag way because there might have been danger on that straight path. But I'm talking about if you can see through the storm enough to know that if I'm at point A right now and point B is two inches away from me and I can see how to get there. Don't go to point Z because you're looking at it to the left and it seems like you know that's the easy way out. Because the easy way out is not going to be your best way out. It's just easy. And you'll go to Z and find you got more hell than you would have been and had you went from A to B. Why? Because you tried to hurry and get to the end quick. But as I taught in yesterday's message, don't rush the process. Don't rush. You don't know why God is taking his time on trying to get you this way, telling you to go this way. Don't go left, go right. Yeah, it may seem like going left is the easier, quickest way, 
but there's danger on that route that you're not ready to face. There's there's a, a new level of strategy is going to be needed on that route that you don't have yet. You may think you do until you get there and realize, oh man, I feel like a fish out of water. Why? Because you went in a way that you weren't supposed to go yet. Had you went the way you were supposed to go, you would have learned how to swim on that level in that new pond, in that bigger ocean. But you don't go from a pond to the ocean and think you know how to swim and navigate the shores. You don't know. You don't know what's in what animals and species you're going to encounter. And again, I'm speaking metaphorically. Don't try to rush through your problems and don't panic in the midst of them either. Go at it with a clear mind. And you may say, well, how do I have a clear mind? Part of the way you have a clear mind is tapping into God. I call him your GPS, your God positioning shepherd. The Holy Spirit is there to give you wisdom and guidance and revelation. Go read Psalms 23, which says the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He will lead you beside peaceful shores. Why? Because it's his namesake that you are under, that you identify as, that you carry. And he knows the path he has for you. It says in Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in the future. You don't know the right plans. You think you do, but you don't know what's God's plans. And I talked about this before. I might do another podcast episode on it of a good idea versus a God idea. That idea may be good. That plan may be good that you have. But is it God's plan? You may think, oh, well, this is a great idea. This is a great plan to help me navigate this storm in my life, to help me deal with these challenges in my life. But is that what God is telling you to do? It makes me think about this one example in my life actually recently um, where I was hit with a challenge, uh, quite literally, and Everything in me was telling me to run, just run away. And people in my life, uh, some people in my life were saying the same thing. Like, well, why don't you run away? Why don't you do this? Why don't you get revenge? Why don't you seek justice? And it was actually God, because at first I took that bad advice because it seemed like good advice. Yeah, you're right. I should get justice. Yeah, you're right. I should call the police. Yeah, you're right. I should do this and do that and the other. And I was gung-ho on going that route and I heard the Holy Spirit say to me Saul and David just two names three words Saul and David and then when I stopped and listened and then asked what about Saul and David and then God reminded me of a scripture in first Samuel 24 which talks about how David spared Saul's life And in that scripture, just to paraphrase it, but I strongly encourage you to go and read it for yourself. It's an incident. If if you know the totality of Saul and David's relationship, then you know that Saul was uh, Israel's first king. 
and he was chosen by God, but then he went against God's orders and listened to the people instead of waiting on God's prophet Samuel to come and give him the next instructions while they were at war. And so God basically removes his hand from Saul's reign and kingdom and says, I'm going to give your kingdom to somebody else. And then he sends Samuel on to anoint David in 1 Samuel 17 to anoint David as king. And so actually, I think it's 1 Samuel 13 and then through 17. This is when it all takes place. And so David is anointed king, but is not given the kingship seat yet because Saul is still king. Even though Saul uh, went against God, he still was not um, dead yet. So he still reigned as king. But because God took his hand off of him, God also sent a tormenting spirit on to torment Saul. And because of that tormenting spirit, it caused Saul to always attack and go after David. Every chance that Saul could get, no matter how nice and kind and gentle David was, David would even play what we would call today a harp just to calm and soothe Saul's weary mind. He served him faithfully willing to go to war and put his life on the line and everything. And yet, every chance that Saul could get, Saul would try to attack him. And for David, this is, yes, this isn't my biological father, but this is the father of the nation because he is the leader of of our nation. He's the king. And God chose him to be king. And so he would honor him as a, as a son would a father. And so... Uh, David goes on a run uh, from Saul and from um, Saul's attacks uh, because Saul wanted to kill kill David. And so in a cave, this is in 1 Samuel 24, in the cave, Saul goes to relieve himself as he's searching for David to kill David. He doesn't know that David is right there in the dark with his um, group of soldiers ready to pounce basically on Saul and kill Saul and so all of Saul's warriors I mean excuse me all of David's warriors are like yeah David look he's right here in our hands go ahead and kill him God gave him to you right now to kill him you know he been trying to kill you so you should go ahead and kill him first okay on one hand because of how this society is and this society is the same in today's culture and time as well in 2022 that's like a good idea, like an eye for eye. Of course, yeah, bet he's giving me into, his, into my hand. So let me go ahead and end this man's life. But as soon as David tries to take even a slither of Saul's robe, he immediately starts to feel tormented. His conscience starts to attack him. And he basically hears from God saying, don't attack my servant. You may not see the purpose, you know, that that this is bringing or producing in your life right now because Saul is bringing storms your way. But I have a purpose for that. So don't kill the storm just yet. It's producing something in you. And so David says no to his men. He whispers back to his men. No, I can't do this. God forbid me for doing this. And so he goes and confronts Saul when Saul comes out of the cave. 
and Saul turns around in fear because he didn't know it was a dark cave. He didn't even know Dave was in there. And he shows him, I cut a piece of your robe to show you just how close I was from taking your life. But God judged both of us to see who is more righteous. Who is the person that's not attacking whom? Who is the person that's given grace and mercy and willing to spare the other person's life? And so Saul is, is dumbfounded and gobsmacked on the fact that, wow. And he says to David, you are a better man than I am because you did something that I could not do. And so I had to tell you that scripture because that's exactly what God spoke to me in a similar situation where I had revenge in my hand. Basically, I could have sought justice. I could have sought out vengeance and it, and it would have been given to me. Because the person was planted right in my hands for the picking. And then God immediately spoke to me and said, Saul and David. No. Remember, David spared Saul's life and I still made David king. I'm asking you to do the same. Spare this servant's life. You don't understand how this servant is, is serving my purpose for your life, but allow it to happen. And watch the fruit I produce from this person's actions in your life. And it was hard. That was a hard pill to swallow for God, for me to even allow God. Because in that moment, I was so hurt and so angry at the betrayal and angry at what the person did to me and how they uh, basically struck me and robbed me blind. I was so hurt by their painful attack but i had to listen to my father because just as earlier in the scripture when uh god removes his hand from saul he says through the prophet samuel what is better to god obedience or sacrifice god wants your obedience not your sacrifice and so even though it was a sacrifice for me to not seek vengeance, to not seek revenge or justice, what we would call today's justice, because in the eyes of the law, I would have justice. It would have worked out for me. The court would have gave me whatever I was asking for in that moment. But God said, that's not what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to trust in me. Because I could pay them back better than you can. Vengeance is the Lord, says God, not ours. And so God was asking me to trust him in that moment with my pain, with my brokenness, with my hurt, with my defeat, with the storm I was facing, to trust him in that moment, knowing that he has a plan for it and a purpose for even why that person that was so dear to my heart did what they did to me. I had to trust in him and I had to do like David and swallow my pride. I'm going to be honest. I had to swallow my pride and my hurt and pain. And I just had to sit there and still forgive. Yeah, I got the proof. I could have buried you. Just like David could have did Saul. But I had to be obedient to my father's will that said, don't touch my servant. You don't see how this storm is serving you. But God has a purpose for this storm. And so I know today's message went a little bit long, but I wanted to make sure that you understood 
practically how this plays out and how this works. Yeah, in moments where the storm is happening and, and you can't see your way out, you want to panic. You want to run. You want to do whatever you can to hurry and get through the storm or to put together some sort of makeshift plan that you think will help catapult you out of the storm. But we have to learn to trust that sometimes God has this on assignment for a purpose that we don't understand right now while we're going through the storm. I didn't understand at that time why that particular soul in my life did what they did to me. Why it had to happen the way it did. I got ridiculed. I got backlash from people basically looking at me like I was stupid. Like, why? Why didn't you seek revenge? Why? And I'm sure David went through the same thing with his soldiers looking at him like he dumb. Like, are you crazy? You could take an eye for an eye right now and you would be right on target to do that. And you know what? I would have been just like David. Because you took my eye. Why not take your eye? You took my tooth, why not take your tooth? These are scriptures I'm saying. So I'm not literally saying that this happened to me or David. What I'm saying is that an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. It's, it's this idea of revenge. You do this to me, I'm going to do this to you. I could have sought that out, but I would have been no better than that person. And so, I mean, look at how God turns this word around because this is a word for somebody. That you're panicking in the storm and you want to go and seek revenge on the person who you feel like caused the storm. But baby, they ain't that powerful to cause the storm. God is allowing the storm in your life to develop something in you. And you may feel like it hurts because you put your trust and faith in that person. You believe in that person. You love that person. You did not expect that person to hurt you in the way they did. But you have to understand what God is doing and developing in you. Not in that person. God may be doing a work in that person as well, but it's not for you to see. It's for you to focus on you. That's why I said earlier, when you're going through a storm, if you're in a cafe, as I said before, you're not focusing on how to get from point A to point B from that dry place to the next dry place. And in between is a storm. You're not focusing on everything else. You're not focused on picking up your phone to talk to this person, or that person. They not there running through the rain. You are. The same thing is in your life. The p other people are not in the storm boat, uh, in the lifeboat, excuse me, of the storm that you're in. You are. So you have to focus on how you can get through the storm. Not worrying about how everybody else is getting through it with you and how they feel about you getting through it. It's about you getting through the storm for yourself. And so I pray this message stirs your faith and speaks volumes to your heart. To trust in the process. Don't panic in the storm. And trust that the captain, the, the GPS, the God, has you through the storm. He's not going to leave you nor forsake you. If Jesus didn't do it for Peter, why would he do it to you? He made sure he helped Peter when Peter was drowning. He lifted out his hands and picked Peter up out of the water. God's going to do the same thing for you. So you may feel like I'm sinking, I'm drowning in this. Call on the Lord and let him lead you and guide you. Stop fighting the storm and stop panicking. You know how to swim. You know what you need to do. You know who you need to turn to. 
Turn to your Abba Father. Listen to the Holy Spirit that's telling you which way to go. Tap into Jesus and trust that he will not lead you off course through the storm. He's allowing the storm in your life to build character in you, to develop a persona in you that reflects his will and his purpose and his scent and aroma. It is to birth something out of you that you can never do on your own. Let it happen and don't panic in the storm. And so may the Lord bless you and keep you, cause his face to shine upon you. May the Lord our God be gracious to you, show you his favor and give you his peace. As always, I want to thank you for listening to the Can I Get a Favor podcast. We're just starting this new venture and while new opportunities will come and help us continue to grow, your charitable donations and contributions helps keep this podcast going. Here are some ways in which you can give your seed. You can click one of the links in the description or you can download either the Cash app and find me at Andrea G's. That's Cash app at Andrea G's. You spell that A-N-D as in dog or E-A. G-E-E-S as in Sam. Or you can also find me on Venmo at Andrea Griffin Rogers. That's Venmo at Andrea Griffin Rogers. And you spell that A-N-D-R-E-A-G-R-I-F-F as in Frank. I-N as in Nancy. R-O-G-E-R-S. Thank you for your seeds and contributions. Take care.